0: may the force be with you is a phrase used to wish a person well to overcome a challenge the invitation in this podcast may the life force be with you is to explore what it means to truly feel alive to appreciate the physical emotional and spiritual connection to our energy and finally to understand how this impacts who you are and all that you do may this conversation inspire you to thrive this episode of May the Life Force Be With You is brought to you by Moment Company and the Moment Pebble. The Moment Pebble is a beautiful, natural stone, light guided breathing device and is a unique gift for someone who needs that gentle reminder to stop and take a break, to take moments throughout their busy day, and to practice mindfulness. Just head over to momentcompany.co that's momentcompany.co, and enter the code LIFEFORCE at checkout to receive an exclusive 10% podcast discount. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Carilla, we're in different parts of the world again. Tell everybody where you are today. I am in Cairo. I'm live from Cairo. (laughs) I'm live from Tintamore, New South Wales. Wow. You sent me a picture I've just got to share with everybody. You sent me a picture last night of cairo and and your view, and the pyramids are just incredible aren't they i'm f- I'm they lucky are. that I've been, and they're just yeah, there's something special
1: you know they're so close to our hotel like that view is from the mm-hmm. roof of our hotel, and they have an aura. Or a life force energy that is actually quite similar to mountains. I was like looking at them mm-hmm. this morning. And I, that was my you first can, thought. The energy coming off these things, like these are alive. <laughs> you, you know, like you're in the presence of something when you're that close to the pyramids. It's amazing.
0: Oh, 100%. I definitely felt that in your, even just in your photograph. My first thought was mountains. I understand why you're there. And I could feel the energy energy just even from from that photograph and they're just so incredible. Just the size, the scale, and of course the curiousness about how they exist in the first place and the mythology and everything that goes behind it is just is fascinating. I've always been fascinated by Egypt and the pyramids. Yeah, I feel like
1: there's a lot of mystery Mm around. I feel like that's I was actually saying somebody that to me, like Tantra is the mystery, you know? Um, and I feel like anything that has a lot of mystery has a, by its nature of being mysterious, has a lot of life force energy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Um, and so, the mystery, you know, mystery seems to get humanity's attention. And I think that our attention is very life force giving, actually. And so, when we're curious about something, when we're engaged with something from that place of mystery, yeah, we also imbue a lot of life force energy. Do you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, I
0: do, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you say, you know, you, you, you give life and you give energy to something you give oxygen to, right? And that can be good and bad. So, you know, giving attention to things that are are you know, might be more negative or, you know, are not going so well, it kind of creates its own energy and momentum behind it where I always say if you want to shut something down, stop talking about it, it loses its energy, it loses its momentum and it naturally kind of dies off. And so it kind of figures that the things you revere most, the things that are talked about most, the things that are celebrated most feel like they have their own their own power and vice versa. Mm,
1: I love that you said celebrated because I feel like celebration is re to me. As we're doing this, may the life force be with you, journey, I'm starting to understand that celebration is a way we- is like a a way of giving energy to something, and actually, it's part of my intention for the the new year is to do relationship whether it's with pyramids or with other people in celebration or with myself, you know, because it's life force giving to celebrate, you know. I love that. So is that your much Celebration. (laughs) So relationship and celebration is my new intention. That's what I want to explore. And um, one of the things, like, obviously, I've only been here a few hours and I have been to Egypt before, but I haven't haven't been to the Arabic world for many years Um, and I just being back here and being back in Egypt one of the things we observed last night when we were at dinner is how you know, there's so much celebration in the people here, the way mm. that they greet each other. the You know, we had a, a Sufi dancer welling around our table last night and the music's so celebratory. The, and there's just this kind of pulse or rhythm in uh, this culture that is about celebrating life and celebrating food and celebrating flavour and, you know, and it, it, it's... Um, mm. It's amazing to be back in it. Actually, you realise how um, how how uh, um,
0: contrasting kind of how
1: how nourished from celebration we are in in the West. Sometimes, you know, just uh, certainly at the dinner table, I think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so,
0: yeah yeah that 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 makes i i can feel that i can i can i can sense that and so tell tell us a little bit about what you're gonna be doing over the next few days and uh the celebration that that you're taking people through so this journey is so you know
1: <laughs> as I've talked about on the, on the podcast before land work is something that tends to come with a huge amount of resistance. Um, and, and I have never had resistance like the Egyptian journey. I mean, <laughs> you know, me personally and the whole trip falling apart, which is in another one of our episodes, the one with <laughs> the pyramids. Gotta have faith. Um, but also everybody else, you know, there were people from, J- the, two people came from Japan. Their airport was on fire. <laughs> Their airport was on Tokyo, fire. Like yes. We were getting text and they were like, we don't think we're going to make it because, you know, there's been an earthquake, a plane crash and a fire of at the airport. And how they even got on a plane out of Tokyo is kind of beyond all of us.
0: <laughs> like, That's a lot of resistance to overcome. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've had other people, we
1: had some, we have somebody here who literally fell down an escalator really badly, nearly died, like left her body and the hospital thought she was going to die and had, um, came out, survived it, but had brain damage. And the hospital was like, it's going to take you two years to recover. This was eight weeks ago. And so, um, and she was like, I am going to Egypt. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to Egypt. So they'd already booked Egypt. And um, she said that even when she was out of her body, she was like, I cannot die because I need to be in Egypt. Oh my <laughs> so, and so like me and her husband were like, she's holding on to Egypt, but neither of us thought she was going to make it. Um my guides were going, the door is still open for Egypt. And I was like, are they just telling her that? (laughs) Because like nothing, you know, and um, she's here. She's here and she's well. And so like, and everybody's got a kind of story. It's not as if that's the most extreme, but like everybody's had this pilgrimage to get here. So like we're on the roof last night, Mm -hmm. looking at those pyramids, just being like, We can't believe we're here. Like, we actually can't believe we're here. Like, all of us have, like, passed through this crazy passage. And um, the reason I share that is because this journey is, it's about the power of belief. That's what my guide said about it from the beginning. they were like, and they said it a year ago when I was first tuning into Egypt, they were like, anybody that believes themselves there will be there. And um, and you tested it, yeah.
0: that theory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, not, not free choice, but like, it was like we, it was like everybody, literally had to do it on belief alone. That is how I would describe it. It was like getting here was like you weren't gonna have any evidence. You just you were just gonna have your own belief. Which you know for me the power to believe is deeply connected to life force energy because my guides say it's to be alive with. And and so it, to me, believing is like using your life force energy to to create something um, rather than using alchemy or chemistry or biology to create something. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's source power. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that's the power of the, the source self. It's like the power of our own inner God is our power to believe. And that kind of... And then when you go to these places that have been, been believed in for so many thousands of years, like the pyramids, <laughs> you know, the py- when you fly into Cairo, you see the pyramids. When <laughs> You fly from the UK, like these giant yeah. things. That, you know, and, it, and it's like you could just feel how much belief energy has been given to them and mm-hmm. how much they are flowing how much they will flow that energy back to you if you choose to connect to them in that intention? Wow. Uh, so yeah, I didn't really answer what we were doing.
0: <laughs> we're going to do it. <laughs> I, you know, when you when you said about believe and and that have, that being alive effectively and that being life force energy the, the thing that came to me was that belief in self. And when you said source, I'm like, well, the source is you. So if you believe, because you can't have somebody else believe for you, it's something that is deeply personal. It, it is your, your traits, your belief systems are your thought processes, are your stories, are your, you know, who you live with, who you work with, everything is wrapped up in your belief system. And that is what drives you. That is what gives you energy. That is what gives you the oomph to do things. That is what gives you a position in the world and an opinion on things and a desire to change things. If that is what you want to do and, and and whether it's small, big, it doesn't matter. It's driven by your own commitment to something that you believe. And that can only come from self. I know that people Mm. are, you know, you you get the brainwashing and you get the kind of, um, you know, are people led, and and, you know lemming style these days does conspiracy theories online detract from people's core beliefs you know we can go down that whole hole i don't really want to actually but there are
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's not going down that hole (laughs) but
0: but there are definitely counter arguments to you know uh, what i'm saying but I, i i do believe that your beliefs, the stories that you tell yourself, you is what makes you uniquely you is actually what you believe in. And that is what drives your energy. That is what gives you life force. That is what makes you uniquely the person that you are. As you're speaking, I feel like
1: it's, it's what your, you know, your belief is what your life force is literally creating like what your life force is generating you know and so that's why it's so important to make sure that your beliefs are yours and not the collectives your families mm-hmm. your the, the you know I think without going Media. too far down the ladder, we do get we do get influenced by By things around us and and I think it's just so worth checking in like do I act is that actually my authentic truth Mm -hmm. um one of the things that happened in the sweat and sound ceremony we did on new year um I missed it I I know I got so emotional because really I was saying to Grazia that like that ceremony two years ago is kind of the reason May the Life Force Be With You exists now. And I was like, oh, it births May the Life Force. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I got really, really grateful and emotional uh, to that particular ceremony and to you. Um, but One of the things that was said by the guides in that ceremony is they were like, You know, separation, we talk so much about separation consciousness in spirituality. There's so much dedicated towards it. And they were just like, you understand that you can never be separated, right? Because you're part of the great whole like you're part of the great cosmos mm-hmm. so the only thing you can actually be separated from is your own truth <laughs> like and they were like the only thing that you can actually have an experience of separation with is your own authenticity like and it, when you when you don't live your own truth that is when you experience the deficits of mm-hmm. separation like anxiety and depression. Like they were like it there is nowhere else it can exist other than (laughs) within you (laughs) and your own truth. And it they were like, it is that simple. You just need to you know, there's so much for healing separation consciousness and then yet really all you have to do is live more authentically. Easier said than done because of our belief systems and our archetypes. Mm -hmm. But I, I just for that—that's like what you just said. You know what I mean? In in a different way, and in a very beautiful way. That's exactly what you've just said about about life force and and beliefs, and yeah, it's all about being being true to you. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a. I really want to ask you about the start of your year and um uh I feel like archetypes when we talk about belief systems archetypes and fairy stories and and <laughs> all of that <laughs> is actually really influential on our belief system probably more
0: <laughs> than the
1: media actually from a shadow work point of view so, I'm so really people are going
0: to how on to fairy tales from that conversation but you know maybe it is going back and and connecting to you know the hieroglyphics in Egypt and storytelling in Egypt and how some of those stories are still folklore and they're still kind of talked about now and how some characters have longevity in in kind of storytelling and um I went to an exhibition yesterday in Brisbane that was all about fairy tales and you would think why on earth are a bunch of middle-aged <laughs> women going to a fairy tale exhibition but it was actually um it was very thought-provoking and quite scary I'm not sure I would take children um but you know some of these fairy tales have was been around Grimm. since Grimm. Uh, brother so brother Grimm was part of it but it was it was even earlier than than that um so it was just fairy tales full stop um, you know, starting right. from like the fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth centuries and talking about the origins of of fairy tales, um, and looking at the importance things like color, you know, why is the apple so red and, you know, the inside of it so white and and so that, you know, red is that kind of sexuality and life force. So they had a little thing saying that's what the color red implies. So that's why the apples are red, and you know it's a big part of the storytelling. Little Red Riding Hood bisexualized actually, and you know all these kind of things that that came into it into each of the stories. And it's very much looking at the kind of maiden mother-crone of women as well, and the part that women play in all the stories. So when you get to the crone, you're either the fairy godmother, but more likely you're the wicked witch, you're the step evil stepmother, and you've, you've got a very negative connotation. The younger beautiful ones are always the beautiful maidens who want to be a princess. You know, that's their goal. But interestingly... They're saying that um, back in the 16th century in France, which is where some of the origins of the stories come from, there was no inter-class marriage. So actually, the poor girl getting to be a princess was cutting through barriers about normalizing inter-class relationships and inter-class yeah. marriages. And I'm like, huh, I'd never actually thought of it that way. But actually, that's why it was originally there. These stories were there to break down kind of cultural. Um, Perceptions of 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 different class systems, of women and the role they play in society, of those people on the margins of society. You know, you banish them to the woods, and so you notice there's always an enchanted forest. It's a wood. It's dark, <laughs> but it also allows you to connect to nature. So, what roles do characters like foxes and and um, pigs and wolves play in the storytelling versus birds. And so it was just, it was beautifully done. It was really, really thought provoking. Um, there was lots of reference to to life force in uh, the different elements around, you know, storytelling through nature and just how important it was to use these tales to really kind of break down those societal norms of the, you know, many centuries ago. So, yeah. And and um, one thing I didn't know, and I'm going to ask you if you knew this, I didn't. Apparently, Snow White, you know, she's in a glass coffin just waiting to be kissed by, by um, the prince to wake her up. Well, apparently, there's a version of the story which um, was the default version of the story where the um, poisoned apple gets dislodged from her throat by fate. Someone shakes you know knocks the coffin it dislodges it and she wakes up on her own the (laughs) the prince's kiss is only by design that's by design so there's by fate she could still do it by a trick of fate or or (laughs) there's two versions of it so i love that
1: so much that's amazing it,
0: it, it, it then led people to have a conversation around voyeurism around fate around like you know it not always having to be a knight that rides in on a white horse or or kisses the the, the princess. So yeah, it was really interesting. Ah, oh, it sounds like fascinating, and oh, so... you would love it. I I, I cool know of... I would love it. There's a whole thing as well around um you know it's not just brothers Grimm or Hans Christian Andersen, but it's also um exploring um the Middle East and you know the the um. The different characters that are brought into those stories as well, so the Arabian Nights or you know the genie and the lamb, there's jasmine, there's all these kind of other ones that are culturally um, introducing children into different types of, of culture um, as well I mean, I think
1: the stories are so important because I think they affect our belief systems so much more than we realize you know if you are I guess an archetype is a collective belief system, hey? And if you yeah. are like you say getting older and associate age with the, the evil witch, you're gonna struggle with aging. Yeah you know, as opposed to if you associate it with the fairy godmother. One of the things that I ex- had a realization once was I, I realized that I was doing some shadow work and I realised that my maiden or my inner maiden and my inner witch were so conditioned from fairy tales to be against each other that i was really struggling with living a spiritual life like i had a belief out of that mm-hmm. that either you were going to be a princess you or, got married, or you were going to be a lonely old witch cat lady <laughs> And that these two couldn't exist together because there are so many fairy stories where those feminine archetypes are polarized against each other. Like the feminine is the enemy to the own feminine. Do you know what I mean? And it's like that's conditioned. Like When I was tuning into it, I was like, like, that's everything I learn from every story that was told to me about my feminine archetypes
0: you know there was never the witch saves the princess (laughs) the doesn't save the princess the young prince does um but you yeah so I actually took I I I took a a a picture of the um because it took you through all the different parts of the stories um and obviously the end is happily ever after Right, they all end in happily ever after. So, I just wanted to read you a little bit of this because I thought it was just beautiful. I took a photo of it. So, it's the promise of happiness. Mm. So, fairy tales are not bound by borders, social class, custom, religion, age, or time. They are products of our desire to consider the world around us from within the safe realm of fiction. Fairy tales come to meet us where we are as they shift and change to reflect the needs and wants of audiences. The hopefulness embodied in many fairy tales once functioned to alleviate the drudgery of daily life. They both entertained and imparted wisdom. The classic tales of Cinderella and Snow White promised better times, and if this was not possible, at least concluded with satisfactory, gruesome endings for the wicked. Cuz you think about it, the wicked always got their mm-hmm. got their downfall as well. These stories were written at a time when women's autonomy and access to education were severely restricted. And according to the law, they were subordinate to their fathers or husbands. For early readers, happily ever after represented the institution of a marriage and a life of stability, free of strife and hardship. So then it goes on. When the Parisian aristocracy recorded these stories with their ostentatious ballrooms and banquets, luxurious carriages, opulent dresses, expensive jewellery, impossible shoes and glass slippers, (laughs) They evoked aspirational wealth, status and power. Marrying for love and between classes were risky topics for the time, which is not something that we kind of really fully embrace now. So whilst the visions of adventure, community, happiness and love and wonder tales of centuries past still intrigue contemporary audiences. Many stories today are being retold in ways that challenge patriarchal systems and imagine new mm. and more equitable ways for living for all. So, sorry that was a bit lengthy, but no, just I love it. It encapsulates and it got me really thinking about all your favorite fairy tales and how we might reimagine those and, and how. You know, the when I think about the people that we're talking to in the podcast and life force, they're all great storytellers. We mm. talk about archetypes. We talk about, you know, nature and how it influences how we live and gives us energy. We talk about iconography, you know, color, animals, like all of these things all come in to support different elements of what life force means and how we live with it, as well as. Have it. I I agree with you
1: and I'm I'm so deeply touched that we are talking fairy stories and <laughs> talking fairy tales. Um literally the night that my Egypt journey opens. Because I don't know if you know, but like my personal pilgrimage, so everybody that had fires at airports and the health crises had their pilgrimage. But my personal for Pilgrimage was like a fairy story. Um, It's so nuts, Fiona. Like, I can't (laughs) believe I'm about to say this on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) My life is is so archetypally magical. Um, But, yeah, basically in the summer, I was at a place called St. Necton's Glen, which is, like, there are places in the UK that... It's like you step into them, and you've like gone from our dimension into the fairy yeah. kingdom.
0: I love you know, Sky. My family hundred is is percent. Isle of Sky is like fairy <laughs> yeah. That's where my family's are from. Um...
1: Oh, that's why you're so magic. Like the Isle of Sky is like is like made for fairies, not for humans. Like, oh, and cool. I just want to say that like people that are listening to this are probably like fairies are not real. Yes, on our dimension they're not real. But to me what fairies are is the they're the archetype of the spirits of the plants and nature. So they're the archetype of the um yeah, the spirits of nature. They're the archetypes of 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 the plants and the flowers and the fruits, you know? That's what they are. They're the, the archetypes of that. And the life force energy of that manifest in story form, which is how we as humans are able to communicate to other and so and there are these places that are like nature temples like the Isle of Skye where you're like this isn't a human world this is a world that belongs to those archetypes you know and um, so Necton's Glen in Cornwall is one of those places it's this waterfall and you just go in and you're like this is magic and i was there and connecting channeling to that sacred site and the archetypes and the fairy and magic and energy that was there and it was so random cuz i was given i was given these three ti- these four tiny little pebbles and i was told to give one to myself and each of the people there and the message was this is an actual fairy wish. And it was very specific. It was like, this isn't what you think a fairy wish is. This is actual fairy magic. It's actual land magic. And you can only use it for service. And you will know when you need to use it. And when you need to use it, what you ask for will happen. So like pure fairy tale stuff, right? <laughs> you well, might in my inner it's like this is really amazing. Amazing. And so then I like, you know, months later, Egypt's going so wrong. The tour's completely non-existent and I cannot get this tour to land. Like everything, you know, everything I'm trying isn't working. My, as we talked about last time, my cortisol, my adrenaline, my stress, nothing is making this tour working and I'm under so much time pressure. And I was just like, I think I need to use... One day I was like, I wonder if I should use the fairy wish. <laughs> and then, um, like, my more cognitive left brain self is like, of course that isn't going to work. <laughs> and yet, then somebody, sent, somebody was playing around on AI, a friend of mine, and she knew I was struggling with Egypt. And she sent me this picture of the pyramids with loads of fairies around it, randomly. Mm-hmm.
0: Just nothing's random. Yeah, (laughs) it's
1: going to be the cover of this episode, I think. So I was like, I think that's a sign that I'm going to use the fairy wish. And so I used the fairy like I was so desperate at this point. I was like, I uh, maybe the fairy wish is going to work. So I went to the beach in Brighton and I like made the fairy wish. And as I made it, the sky opened up on me literally within hours that tour landed and since then what I would say is like and I was thinking about like what what did that wish do I think what it did was it summoned the archetype in me of the fairies which is nature magic which is the belief in the divine mother that that you know the feminine magic of it's all going to work out as it's meant to you know it summoned the inner child in me that was able to like hope beyond the reality it it summoned the archetype of the fairy within me and and to me it summoned the the nature magic and the 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 life force energy of the fairies into this journey. Like, I feel like yeah. you can, you know, I feel like they are just with this magic is now flowing through this journey. So, when the Japanese people are having an earthquake, a fire, and a plane crash in the airport, somehow they're getting on a plane. It's fairy tale style. Like, <laughs> like fairy
0: tale style is all I can. have a part. My mind, yeah. I was like, "Oh, it's a Die yeah. Hard movie." Because I just, I just watched Die Hard last <laughs> night, so I'm like, it "Sounds like a Die Hard movie," you know. <laughs> that they've just gone through. I'm going Die Hard rather than Fairy Tale on that one, but you know, I'm. I can imagine there's some people going, "Oh, come on, Fairy Tale!" But I think let's bring it back around to belief, which is mm. where we started. Yeah, if you believe mm. in something and you trust, and you wholeheartedly give your heart to believing and trusting, then magic does happen. And that magic can be that you have a moment of clarity where you think of something that you hadn't thought of before. It's where you recognize an opportunity. It's where you think, oh, I'll just call that person because you've created that space in your mind where you're not thinking about the problem you've allowed that pause to come in, you know, this is my logical moment, moment, but you know, you've just, (laughs) for those that don't believe it, just creates a moment of magic, a moment of pause, a moment of space, however you want to call it to just let something else positive come in and you break that negative cycle of stress that you're in. And that is magic. And, you know, however you want to perceive that. It does make a difference and it comes back to belief. If you trust and you believe that good can come of a situation, it will. I do believe I, that.
1: I, I, I 100% and, and I, you know, on a completely right-brained view, the guidance from the fairies <laughs> has always been. if you believe in magic, magic believes in you. so i'm like why wouldn't i believe in magic (laughs) like i want i want magic on my side like like this power you know this this power of belief i think is so i had a realization once where it was like you know if you're atheist to things like magic or god or you're also disbelieving in yourself a bit. You know, mm-hmm. you're like taking those archetypes out of an option for you. Mm-hmm. And and for me, and it might not be right for everybody, but like, I'm like, have as many archetypal powers and life force right. pathways your own... as you possibly yeah. can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, have the option to be a fairy or to be a witch or to like, do the, the, the more possible. Maybe you need that. Maybe you need to be that hardcore bitch in a situation, you know? Like, it's like, have as many as possible and let them believe in them so that they can believe in you in whatever format works for you. Like, for me, making a a ceremonial offering with the fairies just brings me so much joy. It, it makes life, it adds magic to life. I love it. I love that the, the fairy, I never thought fairies in Egypt were going to go together. And apparently they go together like um, <laughs> like bread and butter. <laughs> but and like, it's never what I would have thought, but it's made the whole pilgrimage more magical and more beautiful for me. Oh my God, I love it. And that's all that matters is like, is your life better with fable and fairy tale and archetype and ma- believing in magic and magic believing you, in you is it life force given and i think it is because i think that our in that's why all of our inner children love fairy stories you know because yeah. they understand the power they intuitively understand the power of them and the magic of them and the the it's like it, we were born to believe in magic bypass you know that's all of our stories are about magic
0: and and that's why fairy tales last forever because there's a story that we can and and you know um there's you know and we can change and we can evolve those archetypes as well you know it's not we can, as you say, we can rightly use them for, you know, the witches can be good and they're they're, they're the the wisdom of age and, you know, we can change them into empowering independent women. They're not, you know, old spinsters, witches in a forest. And there's so many different ways we can reimagine those life experiences that the fairy tales have taught us. It's just, it's, it's, yeah. I loved it. I I, I loved um, exploring, in my own beliefs, what, um, is the art of, of imagination.
1: And is there an archetype from those fairy stories that you are going to carry into this new year?
0: Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) if you're gonna be a fairy tale, which fairy tale would you be?
1: Oh god, <laughs> which fairy tale? I don't
0: know. I don't know. Love these <laughs> I mean, I guess I see myself more you know, oh god, I don't know. I think I'd have to think about that. I'm gonna do some research for next time. And Go think on about in. It. I can't. Oh, I don't no. know. Because you know, I'm I'm a crone technically, but I see myself more as the kind of like, if if the if the king was to remarry, but remarry someone nice and really supportive and bring the community together, I'm going to reimagine that. Um, you know, I'm not the wicked stepmother. I'm actually like the nice and um, bring community together kind of stepmother. So I'm reimagining that role for myself.
1: That's <laughs> one thing I would say is that we have some gaps in the archetypes like I feel like it's our duty and I'm I am yeah yeah I I feel like it's important to you know I I remember having this amazing realization that you know in the so so you have the archetype of the mother and the grandmother. If you don't have yeah. children, you, um, you're the unnamed woman. Like, where's your archetype
0: after a certain original, age, I'm, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm the witch living in the woods that nobody understands because, you know, yes, I was a maiden, but I didn't get married. I'm not being a mother. And so now I'm a crone cast out into the margins of society. So that would be my, my reimagined fairy tale is making her the badass bitch that's in the middle of the... Do
1: Let's imagine the unnamed woman now. Let's name her. <laughs> Create her Fiona. <laughs> Create
0: her the mindful um, witch. <laughs> I mean, one of my I did play Glinda. Galin, Galin, Galind, Glinda isn't it the Good Witch of the North in the um. start to play Glinda. I did. I was played it in school in a Angus Children's Theatre production back in like the eighties. That was a starring role. <laughs> um so yeah I, I definitely wouldn't be Dorothy that's for sure or maybe an amazing you-
1: window I was say, I was gonna say good witch is an amazing archetype for you because you do come in and have this magic of to me the good witch magic is like to bring to bring the calm to bring the renewal to bring the and you can be
0: nurturing um, without having your own your own children you know so my goddaughter isla who i'm spending time with here in australia you know Mm she called me her fairy godmother for first eight years of her life you know and so that i fully embraced into that role so um isla's already given me that um that mantra, that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 she couldn't say Fiona, so I was Ona. So maybe Ona is the the the, the fairy godmother, and that's yep. <laughs> I
1: love it, <laughs> and and when you connect, to that, do you feel? Because, like as you're saying it, I feel like this energy come in a bit. Like I feel the energy of the pyramid. It's like there's a life force current that can't. That there is a current of energy and possibility and purpose. Yeah.
0: So that makes sense. No, definitely. And then I'm looking at Cameron right now, who's Isla's little brother in the window at me, and and Fergus, her her older brother, and they give me this massive sense of um love and nurturing and ability to be part of a family life that I'm 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 directly and indirectly involved in. And so there is a there is a Parenting, if that's the right word, hope I'm not overstepping, but there is a, a nurturing role that women who don't have children, men who don't have children, can still play in young people's lives and be a positive role model and influence on that. I'm afraid I have to go because it's family dinner time. Um, and you all <laughs> okay. part of this. Go and do family your family's family godmothering. have an amazing time i can't wait to hear what happens next thank you so much for allowing me to share my fairy tales and um have have an awesome awesome week and may the life force be with everybody and actually if you've got any fairy tales that you love Mm -hmm. let us know pop it in pop it in insta I'm going to share some of the photos um, from the exhibition as well and some of the passages because they're really beautiful and thought-provoking but for the moment I will speak to you soon may the life force and
1: the fairy magic be with you all
0: Uh, definitely today (laughs)
1: bye we hope this conversation has topped up your life force energy if it has then please help us spread the life force like share subscribe all of that (laughs) and may the life force be with all of us